Hello, my name is Greta Harrison. Welcome to Born Fabulous, the podcast where we speak with parents and accomplished individuals who just happen to have disabilities. You're about to hear episode six, which is part two of a four-part interview with Sandra McElwee. Sandra is the mother of Sean McElwee. Sean is a 25-year-old actor who is a cast member of A&E's Emmy-winning series Born This Way. Sean also owns Shawnee's, a t-shirt company, does extensive public speaking, and has a part-time job. Sandra works in the medical sales field and is the author of three five-star rated books about her son's journey through school and into independence. She also is a revered mentor to parents behind her, which is how we met several years ago. Now, please enjoy this clip of Love is a Potion. The lyrics were written by Melissa Riggio, who was the focus of episodes one through four. The music and voice are by Rachel Fuller. I'm glad you brought up that this is chronicled in the book because I wanted, I want other families out there to know that you're upfront about uh, documents and, and his past work and all these things. I, I remember you even talking about, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't you even have all of his IEPs still to this day, even though you don't need his IEPs to this day, but you can't let go of them because there's so much work in those IEPs, correct? Oh, so much work, so much time invested. And yeah, they're in, they're in file boxes in my garage and I do need to clean out the garage, but I just can't, I just, for some reason, it's like, I need to keep them for some reason. I just don't know why. And, and I did keep them over the years, which helped me write the books. Um, because that was one of the ways I went back to remember and see the communication notebooks and recreate the stories I mean, I, I remembered most of it because some of it was horrible <laughs> and the good things were awesome. But the, you know, the mundane things in between, um, you know, needed to be documented as well. So, so Sean, Sean told me he wanted to be on TV. You know, I mean, that was basically his goal. So we connected him with Gail Williamson, who was like the um, agent for people with disabilities and Gail would, I mean, there at that time, there was very few opportunities for someone with Down syndrome. And typically, they're asking for someone with a disability <clears throat> at that point in time. Today, they're trying to cast people with disabilities in background roles. And, and you know, man on the street could be man in wheelchair on the street. It doesn't have to be just any person, you know, any specific person. It could be woman with Down syndrome on the street. That's an advocacy initiative in Hollywood right now. Sorry. Um, the so so I was taking Sean to auditions and he had this amazing opportunity with one of the Ryan Murphy shows. Um funny, funny role. Eddie Barbanel ended up being cast in the role and he was perfect as it. But the lines were but the lines were very funny. And Sean um had memorized the lines, went into the audition ready, 
but he said them too fast. He ran his words together. And he was 18 years old when this happened. Ran his words together. I mean, we drive two and a half hours to LA to where this was. It's 15 minute audition and we drive two and a half hours back. And he blew it. I mean, he could not, you could not understand a word he said. And the casting person was very gracious and very nice. And, and we left. We're driving home and Sean said, yes, I'm going to get this one. And I said, no, you're not. I couldn't understand you. If I couldn't understand you, they're not going to be able to understand you. And it's funny. And you, they want to be able to understand you because the lines are hysterical. Um, and he got really quiet. And, you know, as a mom, I always was correcting him when he would say something wrong. Um, I can't even think of anything at the moment. But, you know, if he would pronounce a word wrong, I'd say, no, you say it this way. No, you say it that way. He'd always get mad. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) And, And so he sat there for seriously five minutes and was just quiet and thinking. And then he finally said, will you help me? Will you help me speak clearer? And I said, yeah, just don't yell at me every time I do. And from, from that point, he would say a sentence and he goes, was that clear? Did you understand me? I mean, he was so focused on improving his speech because now it was meaningful. And we realized all these years we had goals on his IEP, but they didn't, they weren't meaningful to Sean. Uh, They were meaningful to us, but they weren't meaningful to Sean. And now it was a meaningful goal because he wanted to be on TV. So he knew he had to speak clear in order to do it. Between age 18 and 21, when he was at the audition for Born This Way, he worked, his, his speech improved so much, I can't even begin to tell you. So for anybody to say their six-year-old will never improve, even at 18, he improved. And today he even improves. It's, it's just, you know, we never stop learning. I never stopped learning. So people with Down syndrome don't stop learning either. Oh gosh. Speaking of that, I remember when he was younger, somebody said at one point, our kids, uh, people with Down syndrome plateau. Oh, I hate that too. Yes. Yeah. Really? That's a lie. That is such a lie. Um, They just probably get to the point where they give up because nobody lets them do what they want to do. And I think that's what happens more than anything else. It's like, you know, every time I say I want to do something, you say no. So I finally stopped saying I want to do anything. So let's plateau. Okay. Another example of a goal being meaningful um, is buttoning. When I went through Sean's IEP goals over the year, because in a chronicle of inclusion and exclusion, I put his IEP goals at the beginning of every year to demonstrate Mm -hmm. he is nowhere near where his typical peers were um, academically at all. Um, just it, and, and so I put that in there to demonstrate that, not for anybody to say, okay, these are the goals for third grade or whatever, because everybody's individual. But I seriously realized that he had buttoning as a goal from kindergarten through senior year, and he never learned how to button. Well, about a year after his senior year, all of a sudden, snap jeans were off the market. There were no more jeans with snap flies. I don't know what happened. The company that makes snaps went out of business. I don't know, but everybody had button fly jeans. Well, that's pretty horrible when you can't button. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? Sean learned how to button because he had to wear pants and he's not going to wear sweatpants every day of his life. 
And he learned how to button his pants. Took about took me about fifteen minutes in a dressing room to you know teach him how to button his pants. And he had a Hawaiian shirt, but I would always button it up for him. A few days later, he comes out of his room with his Hawaiian shirt on, buttoned up. He did that himself. So a goal has to be meaningful for anybody to achieve it or to even want to achieve it. And if there's no meaning, then you know somebody says they can't learn that. Well, no, they just don't want to learn that because why bother? It doesn't mean anything to me. That's a great takeaway point. And, and speaking of, of meaningful, I think that's a really good transition to talking about the transition stage because I remember reading about a lot of things that Sean did that weren't meaningful to him. And let's, let's, let's delve into that. Well, which transition? Well, I'm talking, (laughs) I'm just talking about the transition program after high school. Well, I, I, for me, it just means him starting to me, transition starts well before you get out of high school, but it could even be if any jobs he was working while he was in high school. And I know he had several jobs that didn't mean as you know, they, they weren't as interesting to him. Let's just put it that way. Um, and, and all of that. So can we delve into that? Absolutely. Yeah. So when he was in high school, he was in, um, he wasn't in completely general ed classes. It was too much of a fight at that point, unfortunately, but he was in academic classes. Um, they were, it was considered a special ed class, but the students that were in there maybe had dyslexia. Um, there were football players and were cheerleaders in those classes. They maybe had a hard time reading or in the math class, maybe they just were behind in math. Um, they weren't necessarily in all four of the academic, um, at the time they were called moderate classes, but I don't know if they're even called that anymore. Um, so he was in those classes. He was not in the segregated special day class, but I did want him to have some work experience. So he joined the segregated special day class for third period each day and walked across the street from the high school and did their work experience program. Um, some days he was doing go backs at, at a pharmacy. Um, some days <laughs> he, um, he was at a TJ Maxx. Um, the first day at TJ Maxx, he sorted underwear and I sent the teacher a note. I said, please tell me it was men's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, Sean is a ladies man. So <laughs> He was probably born a ladies' man if he was born a star. Um, he was definitely born a ladies' man. I can tell you stories about that when he was three years old too. Um, so he, um, so he hated, and then he had to sort purses the next time at DJ Max. Hated that. And so what did he do? Instead of saying I don't like it here, he started acting up and having behavior because he, you know. Nobody listened to him if he said, I don't like it. Um, So he had to show them that he liked it, that he didn't like it. So they moved him over to the pharmacy and had him doing go backs. And that he he liked better um, for some reason. I don't know why, but he just did not like the clothing store at all. Um, Then they had a bagel shop that had them come in and clean tables and things. He loved the bagel shop. That was fun. And then the, the owner of the bagel shop took him back and showed him how to make bagels one day. And he was really into that. But these were all non-paid jobs. Then he went into the transition program. And in the transition program, uh, they had work experience 
you know, places that they had already set up. Now, my thought was for a month he would work, you know, at the grocery store and a month he would work at the, at the gym and a month he, you know, he would try all these different jobs and then he could say, okay, this is what I like to do. Oh no, they put people in a job and they kept them there the whole three or four years of the transition program. It's like, how do they find out what they like to do if you don't move them around and try different things? So it was, it didn't make sense to me and he didn't like it. I mean, they got him a job. He wanted to work at a gym. Well, they got him a job cleaning the equipment at the gym. Well, the gym had a wall, a video wall with like you know, 20 TVs on it. And all he could do is stare at the wall. <laughs> um, and, and then, after, then, you know, he dropped out of the transition program um, a couple of years in. He didn't like it. He, he told me, Mom, we're doing the same thing we did last year and the same thing we did the year before. It's boring. Um, and all I could think was, oh my gosh, they are doing the same thing. The st- his students that he was there with, who had been in the segregated special day programs, had been doing the same thing since seventh grade. Seventh grade, they had 10 years of going into the community and buying lunch, going into the community and getting, um, going to the movies, going into the, you know, they all knew how to ride the bus. I got to give them that. They definitely knew how to ride the bus. Um, but that was it. And all these, you know, lame work experiences. And one day when I was forced to go and observe the class in seventh grade, because they wanted me to consider that for Sean, they were coloring. I mean, I just, you know, they were cooking unhealthy food. Um, I think the healthiest thing on the board was a smoothie that they didn't have. They weren't making salads, you know, anything like that. Grilled cheese sandwich and um, cheese quesadilla. I mean, just, you know, junk. So in the transition program, they would go buy a microwavable dinner and they had to figure out how many minutes to microwave it. And based on the label, I mean, and they did this every week for years so you're talking you're you're talking about no person-centered planning no and you're talking about um a lot of stereotypical aspects to that program absolutely yes so then so then what did sean do well so sean dropped out of the program um at 20 and we got him into a which in california it's called a day program but he has uh supported job coaching so the program he's in actually picks him up at home, drives him to his job, coaches him at his job, and drives him home. And before he had a job, they would take him to interviews, coach him on how to do job interviews, and um, take him to um, um, and go to different places and see what he might like. Well, and the first job they got him was grocery carts at Trader Joe's. So he did the carts in the parking lot. Well he started getting in trouble because <laughs> he was in the store trying to help people and that wasn't his job. And I said, well, what are you doing? And he says, I'm trying, I want to help people. I said, so you don't want to be in the parking lot with the carts. You want to help people. Yes. And I said, so basically you don't like your job. Yes. <laughs> so say, I don't like my job. Don't go getting in trouble. I said, you're going to get fired. It's okay to quit. You can quit your job and get another job. He said, I can. 
you know, he never even thought he could quit his job. So he quit his job. And what they do, they got him a job at Home Depot doing carts in the parking lot. <laughs> Who's the slow learner? <laughs> Back to that person-centered planning. <laughs> and he was okay there for a little while. Um, but then he hated it. And they'd catch him in the flooring department trying to help people or in the paint department. <laughs> He's like, you're supposed to be in the parking lot. So I said, look, you need to quit because you're going to get fired. You don't want to be have that on your record. So he quit. Um, and then we had a person-centered plan. And that really shined the light on what Sean wanted to do with his friends, um, his family members, his um, job coaches, people were all there um, talking about what is Sean really like. And it came out that Sean loves kids and he loves dogs. So they, he wanted to get a job working with kids or working with dogs. So of course everybody says, oh, he needs to go and get his early childhood certificate so he can work in a preschool. Well, kids are other places than preschool. They don't only go to preschool, you know, and, and he was not, he was kind of done with school. Uh, while he had taken some acting classes and things at community college, that was all he was interested in taking. So we, um, we told his job coaching program, find out where kids are. And he ended up with a job as a referee for dodgeball at a trampoline park. And he's been there over a year, loves the job. They love him. Um, he has a whistle and he's, <laughs> he has all these kids throwing dodgeballs at each other. And when he gets a bully in there, he's like schooling them. You can't be mean like that. <laughs> and he loves his job. And it's what he, cause it's what he wants to do. And that's just one of his jobs because we know that he travels and we know that he's got his t-shirt company too. So that's just one of his jobs. <clears throat> yes. That, so he, he, that is one of his jobs. Um, he designs his t-shirts and he's constantly coming up with new shirt ideas. I can't keep up with them. He's got over 120 designs on his website now. And every day, you know, his favorite sentences, that would go good on a shirt. <laughs> I, I love the story about the shirt with the three pictures that he knew was going to be a big seller and you did not. Yeah. So I do kind of, kind of, um, um, judge his ideas so when he had the idea uh, like the other day we're going to the store he says that go good on a shirt let's make a shirt that says let's go to the store and I go mm, okay I, I always just say I'll add that to the list <laughs> so I was like okay I'll add that to the list um for six months he wanted to he kept saying I want to do a shirt that has a picture of a, a beer a burrito and a babe and, and, you know, and I, and I go, well, is it going to say anything? No, it's just a beer, a burrito and a babe. It says it, it says it all. It doesn't have to say anything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to buy that. I finally said, okay, having the artist do the design is going to be cheaper than just listening to this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I had the design made. Um, Sean's business is a print on demand, which is so nice because that the designs are uploaded. They're on a website. <clears throat> People order them. They, the company prints them and ships them. So it's not like we have to buy inventory. There's no way he'd have 120 designs if we had to buy inventory of everything. And which he makes less money per shirt 
that way, but we also don't have financial risk. So, <laughs> so we get the design made <clears throat> and he does a pop-up shop and that was the number one selling shirt. Who's the slow learner, Sandra? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. So ever since the beginning, um, his number one design, even today, is the one I'm wearing. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Number and two, number two, and catching up fast, beer bay burrito. <laughs> and since you mentioned that, I'm going to stand up and show. Uh, let's see if we can see. Born fabulous. <laughs> there we go. And there are so many other shirts that that Sean has that. I mean, you have a page on your website of the bestsellers. Yes. You say, obviously, don't just stick to the bestsellers. And there's just, there's so many on there that I, that I like. I wrote down some of my favorites. And of course, a lot of them are on that bestsellers page. But I just want people to know in case they haven't seen your website. Um, I love the one that says, love makes the impossible possible. Born to change perceptions. Probably my next favorite. Unstoppable. Oh, and unstoppable to the 21st power. To the now 21st that, power, yes. That's funny how that happened. So so we had just, Sean had just done the 21st chromosome. So he's got like um, dancing is on the 21st chromosome. Um, determination is on the 21st chromosome. So we just done a bunch of those shirts. And I thought, okay, that's our dancing shirt. Um, because he wants shirts that anyone can wear, not just people with Down syndrome. Well, we're at 24-Hour Fitness, and they have this whole campaign that has the word power, and then 24 is an exponent. And Sean looks at that, and he goes, Mom, let's do 21. And I'm like, oh, that's good. So we come back, sit down. He brainstorms, you know, um, unstoppable to the 21st power, Um mighty to the 21st power, all these ones. So that's just the word, but the 21 is an exponent. I think they're a little too smart for some people. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody knows what an exponent is, but they're John brilliant. Know what an exponent is. He just saw the number and he thought, Oh, that'd be cool. So anyway, so those, those shirts um, are, are really that, that, that's the other, you know, down syndrome shirts that he's got. But it's but it's kind of cool because people who don't have anyone with Down syndrome in their life buy those too. Exactly, exactly. His shirts are most of them are universal. Many of them are universal. They're wonderful. I and think there's truly something for everybody. <laughs> there is, and I and I love his ladies' man shirt too. Uh, of course, of course. <laughs> I had to do the ladies' man. <laughs> if if anybody goes back and watches Born This Way, I think season one probably shows him the most in his quest for um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's more than season one, but I, I just remember oh, yeah. him asking numerous girls. Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a boyfriend? <laughs> he was, he was quite something. Thank you for listening to the sixth episode of born fabulous. I hope you enjoyed it and want to hear more. Episode seven will be the third part of my conversation with Sandra McElwee. In that episode, you will hear stories of inclusion and exclusion, stories of friendship, and the beginning of Sean's motto, It Could Happen. It comes out Friday, May 10th. To see more about Sean, including family pictures, visit www.bornfabulouspodcast.com. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to Born Fabulous Podcast on iTunes or any podcast directory. Now please enjoy a clip of The Ring. Lyrics by Melissa Riggio, the subject of episodes one through four. Music and voice are by Rachel Fuller. And so I- 